Welcome to the Back Row Texan Show. Brought to you by the Back Row Sports Network. I'm your host, Branson Thomas, talking all things Houston Texans football. Here we go. Draft week. Welcome back, Texans fans. This is episode three of the Back Row Texans show. And on today's pod, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. I'll go over our network mock draft that we did with uh, 12 of our current podcasting teams and a few trade rumors involving the Texans, one of which is supposedly already set in place involving a big time player currently on your Texans roster. So without further ado, let's get going. Like I said, it's draft week now, and I am super pumped. You know, we we get some substantial football stuff to watch. I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to look on TV, what they're going to do, but it's still something. And a lot of people are definitely going to be using this as a distraction. And it is a good distraction for what's going on lately in the world. And if you're not excited about this draft, then you're not a true football fan. (laughs) You know, I'll even go out on a limb and say you're not even a big sports fan. There literally has been nothing in the sports world going on lately. Everybody is going to be there watching this. That being said, the NFL smartly decided to do a mock draft with all their GMs on Monday. Just to show everyone how it's going to be. And as you would expect... It did not go very smoothly. There were quite a few glitches and communication issues that led several GMs to, you know, get upset with this whole process and and just kind of backlash about it. Uh, A couple of them even went public with things. Uh, One of them said, there are early communication issues because 32 of us are on a conference call and we didn't hit mute. Sounds awful. I mean, can you just imagine the noise those guys are making, just all the chatter going on in the room, them on phones trying to talk to other people all while this is going on, and you forget to hit mute. It's just pure chaos, and it's only going to get worse on drafting. No way they're going to forget to hit mute. There's no way they're not going to forget to get mute, excuse me. Then there were other issues that were brought up, the clock issues. Uh, you know, The NFL announced that they will stop the clock and allow trades to continue on. The other issue was bandwidth. You have people complaining that they're running out of bandwidth. There's not enough bandwidth. If, you have, if you're a GM or a coach and you're in one room of your house, let's say your router's all the way across, and you've got children there playing video games online, streaming movies, your brand bandwidth drops, and, well, shoot, you just missed your pick. So they've got all kinds of stuff. I mean, personally, if I was one of those guys, I'd be sending everybody in my household outside their mom's house, basement, anywhere but that house when I'm doing my draft. So the NFL only has a few days between the mock and the real deal to get all these issues ironed out. They're going to be highly criticized by not only the fans and the media, but also the teams themselves. Many of those teams 
thought the draft should have been delayed with what's going on in the world. And with no other sports available to distract everyone, that means there's going to be even more eyes on this year's NFL draft than previous ones. Good luck, Roger Goodell, and I hope everything goes smoothly for my sanity and for everyone else's. So as I've mentioned in previous podcasts and earlier in this one as well, um, we did a network-wide mock draft. We had 12 of our podcast hosts choose for their respective teams, and we did four rounds, no trades. Uh, I think it took us about a week to do just with everyone's crazy schedules and stuff. But I'm going to share with you my results from it. We may even be getting together as a group and going over the the mock draft, uh, which would be pretty exciting. And if we do, I'll definitely be posting that up for everybody. But without further ado, Houston does not have a first-round pick. I kind of hope it stays that way. I really don't want them trading off all their assets for a first-round pick. So we have pick 40. A couple guys were sitting around when we started round two that I was interested in, you know. Uh, interior defensive lineman Neville Gallimore was a big one I wanted to look at. Um, Patrick Queen, the linebacker, uh, I'd love to have him on the team as well. And then the safety, Grant Del Pitt, which right now seems to be my number one person I want drafted for the Texans right now. The more and more I go about this, I'm getting more hyped up on him, wanting him to be alongside Justin Reed. Well, he got picked by Miami, the pick before me. Thank you, Bark. I uh, appreciate that one. Um, so I ended up taking TCU's defensive lineman, Ross Blacklock. You know, we did lose DJ Reader, and he definitely would help, you know, beef up the interior part. You know, we currently have Brandon Dunn, Timmy Jurgen. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Timmy, but there are the health issues. And if he does stay healthy, then great. Blacklock gets to learn behind him, and he is an amazing defensive lineman. You know, if he doesn't stay healthy, then Dunn and Blacklock can rotate in there and be our guys. You know, he's 6'3", 290 pounds. I mean, so he's not the biggest guy, but, you know, he's he's pretty finesse with his hands. The Texans even um, actually had a workout with him, a physical workout with him prior to everything getting shut down by COVID. So them being able to see him in person, I think, is definitely going to sway their decision a little more once you get between certain guys. Um, like I said, he's really good with his hands. He's, he's more of a finesse pass rusher than he is a bull rusher. I would like him to add that kind of to his repertoire, build up some strength, maybe even gain some weight. But be able to both bull rush through, you know, the center, the guards, and not just try to do swim moves or, or getting all these hand fights. And adding that extra pressure from the interior is, is really going to help uh, the defense a lot. It helps collapse the pocket, uh, makes the, you know, quarterback take a step back or two, and that's right where our defensive ends or outside linebackers will be blitzing from, you know. Merciless is great he's got super speed he gets around the edge but if that pocket's not collapsed he's too deep and he's going to go right past the quarterback so if we can get interior pressure and push that move that pocket back gonna go right into merciless right into watt 
it's really going to help. So I think defensive line is a huge need. Shoot, Bill O'Brien in his press conference the other day said secondary and defensive line specifically in the call for draft. So we'll see if that's just smoke. I hope not. I, I do think we need to address those issues. Um, but either way, so at pick 40, we took Blacklock. Uh, a couple of guys that I was kind of potentially going to go with instead of Blacklock were um, Antoine Winfield Jr., a safety out of Minnesota, Noah Igbenohaney. I don't know. I'm sorry, Noah. It's terrible with names, and you've got a complicated one. Uh, he's a cornerback. And, you know, we do need cornerback help, secondary help. But I do think getting a cornerback right now, um, when we could get one later, or even use the ones we do have now that they've been a year in the system, is kind of irrelevant if you can't get to the quarterback. You need to have that pressure on him because, shoot, look at what Mahomes did or anybody. When we don't get pressure on him, they're sitting ducks out there. You can only cover a wide receiver for so long. Houston was tied for sixth fewest sacks in the league last year with 31. That's how bad it was. So a whopping 50 picks later, we get to pick again at 90. Uh, a couple guys that were on the board right before we picked were Josh Uche, edge rusher, uh, Terrell Burgess, safety, and Bryce Hall, cornerback. And all three guys I would have loved to take at pick 90. Uh, big fans of those, and had we not gone defensive line, I might have taken Jordan Elliott, the interior defensive lineman. But we did, and none of those guys made it to 90. A couple of them went just a few picks before us, in fact. So with us on the clock, you know, a lot of people are trying to put a wide receiver here for Houston, um, and they were trying to do that even before the Hopkins trade and before we traded for Cooks. I don't think we need one right here. I do think we could address one later on in the draft. Um, there's a couple of bigger guys, uh, possession receivers that we could pick up in the later rounds that I think could actually pan out for us um, if we don't make some crazy trade for a wide receiver, knowing Bill O'Brien, who knows? But sticking with the defense here, and I'm sticking with you know one of the better guys on the board at the time, Akeem Davis-Gatherer. As a linebacker, you know, 6'1", 224 pounds, sideline to sideline speed, good at coverage in space, he can rush off the edge if needed. Houston lacks that that real good cover linebacker, and this guy is awesome at it. Um, he's a little undersized, but he's got elite speed and great instincts. You know, he'd be able to come in, cover tight ends if we needed to, he could rush off the edge and downs, you know, he's got that speed, you know, special teams, he's going to be on special teams for sure. And, you know, with his speed and tackling ability, which he's solid at, he definitely could be effective there, you know, and like I said, we could wait on wide receiver because that's really the only other thing that I was seeing right in this spot. Um, we don't need a tight end. I'm not going to reach for an interior offensive lineman right here. So we'll wait on, on the linemen, we'll wait on the receivers, and we'll go with this linebacker here because I think, I think he would be a stud. And uh, just remember his name. If he doesn't go to Houston, he'll be a playmaker somewhere else. So that wrapped up round three for us. We've got one pick in round four. Yes, we only get three picks in this mock draft, which kind of stinks, but it is what it is.
So at pick 111, I'm sticking with the defense again, and I really hope Bill O'Brien does this on draft day. I hope he bolsters up the defense with the first couple picks. I do think that offense is going to be high-flying with all the speed we have and all the positions, and the needs we do have on it should be addressed later in the draft. But the beginning of the draft should be defense, defense, defense. So with 111, I picked edge rusher Alex Highsmith. You know, he's got a high motor. Yes, I've said before, I do like our edge guys. I like Minihue there. I like Edge of Four coming back if he is healthy. We have Merciless. We have Watt. So this is somebody that could come in and develop and learn, you know, learn from Watt, learn from those guys. He doesn't have to come in and be the guy, which is awesome. You know, it's he'll be able to get in the rotation and he will earn him spot, earn himself a spot, excuse me, rather quickly because he is solid. You know, he started out as a walk-on at Charlotte, uh, and he's leaving there the all-time sack leader. Yes, it's a smaller school, and you're like, ooh, you know, big deal, but he can play. He's got, he's the hard worker. Like I said, he's going to learn from those guys. This dude could be a monster in the, in the big leagues. He's still a little raw, but he's got massive potential to help a team from day one. So hopefully that's it. So that was our mock for the Houston Texans. You know, like I said, we only had three picks in the first four rounds. I don't see that being the case come draft day. You know, we we start our draft on day two. Like I said, hopefully it stays that way. I don't want to use what little assets we have early on to, to move up. But I do see us, however, moving back in the draft. I can see us if you don't have a Grant Del Pitt there. You know, you don't have somebody you are just like itching to get. Trade back from 40. You know, you could trade back to 60 and then pick up another second or a third rounder. Because 50 picks between 40 and 90, that's a long time. So if we can move back a little bit and pick up a few more picks, shoot, that would be awesome. I know a couple mock drafts I did where you could do trades. Somebody jumped up from... Oh, I don't know, the fourth round or late third round to 40. And, you know, we got their first round picks next year out of it. I'd almost settle for that too, just to make up since we don't have one next year. But I can definitely see us trading back at 40, and I can also see it at 90 as well. So we'll see how that goes. What does uh, the general always call him? Trader, Trader Bill. You know, he's he's probably not done yet. So we will see. But, you know, for the draft, you know, we have three seventh-round picks. And typically, you know, most people don't think much of them. You grab a guy here or there, hit, up, hit on a special teams guy, or, you know, you're trying to find a, a flyer. But this year, I think they're going to be a little more valuable than what they're typically looked at. You know, with the lack of in-person workouts and interviews, it's going to make it a lot harder for teams to find those diamonds in the rough. You know, they're not going to be able to see, oh, hey, when that guy came here, did you see what he did there? You know, we should be able to develop that. He's got this potential here. I liked how he worked right there. You know, with just little things like that. You know, and the rookie free agent frenzy, as they call it, that happens as soon as the draft concludes. That's going to be even more important. Well, I should say more difficult, actually, for teams to to get those players. Like I said, they're not able to go watch them on pro days. 
Uh, they're not able to do in-person interviews and really get a feel for them. It's it's a whole different thing being right in front of somebody than it is, you know, chatting on the phone or FaceTiming or Skyping, whatever they're going to be doing. You know, teams call these players that, you know, that can potentially help them out on special teams, like I said, or, or one day even be a starter. And there's a huge, co- not a huge, there's a pretty big cost difference in drafting them in the seventh round as opposed to signing them as a free agent, but it's almost worth it to get your guy, to make sure you're going to get your guy. Some other team could offer a bigger signing bonus, or maybe they're more local to that player, or he was a fan growing up. So, you know, those are ways that you could lose out on potential guys in free agency that way. So by having these three picks in the seventh, you know, they can get a jump start on that process. You know, go get the guys that they are really wanting instead of waiting and risking losing them to free agency. Now, they're still going to go out and get players after the draft, like everyone else does. And Houston's actually done a decent job of it. Shoot, Dylan Cole, one of my favorite players, uh, if he can stay healthy, he was after the fact. And I thought he was going to get drafted in like the fifth or sixth round, to be honest with you. So I was super pumped to hear him. So I'm looking forward to that, looking to see who they get. But I really think they'll use those seventh rounders, hopefully wisely, and get some get some guys that we could really use. So now that we're done with the mock draft and draft talk for today, let's talk about some trade rumors that have kind of been floating around. We've got uh, several media outlets and other people have shared that they think Kenny Stills and Kiki QT are on the way out you know they are going to be traded by all means you can trade kiki you know i was a big fan of him coming out of tech when we drafted him but he just apparently didn't show the work ethic bill o'brien wanted wasn't picking up on the games i mean he has two amazing games you know, double digit catches over 100 yards both of which are against the colts maybe we could show that film again to the colts and get a fifth or sixth round pick for him because he's not going to get much more than that. But as for Stills, I do not think it's a good idea to trade him. Let me repeat that. I do not want them to trade Stills. Stills is super underrated. You know, he came in last year. It was his first year with Deshaun Watson, and he was super efficient. Can you imagine after another year of being with him? Yes, he seems like the odd man out. You've got Cooks and Fuller on the outside and Cobb on the inside. But... All three of those guys I just named have some kind of injury history to them. If you keep stills, you've got four solid wide receivers. If one goes down, you still have three. That's better than a lot of teams. If two go down, you still have two good guys. That is still better than a lot of teams. And you can keep this offense going. If you only have one good one, it's not going to work because the defense will just Cover that guy and he'll be done. So you got to keep stills, if not for insurance, just because he is a solid wide receiver for us. And I do think he is going to do a lot better this year than he did last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do a lot more four wide receiver sets and just start torching everybody on the field. I'd be okay with that. I'm sure a lot of people would too. The other trade that I mentioned earlier that is supposedly already set up and ready to go. Um, Texan Storm Report 
is the one who broke this in. He said he got a text from a scout saying there's a trade already in place. It was for middle linebacker Bernardrick McKinney to the Miami Dolphins for a second round pick. It did not say which second round pick. Um, that was unclear, but you know, the, Miami has pick 39 and 56. I don't know if they would necessarily trade 39 straight up for BMAC, but that could that's kind of what it's seeming like almost. The only way this trade is going down supposedly is if a particular person is still on the board when Miami is picking. Um, then they would trade then Houston would trade BMAC to them and we would take that pick. And I just, I don't know who that person is. Um, again, it depends on where where they're at with it. If it is 39, maybe they're looking for Queen. You know, if if they are in fact looking at Patrick Queen, maybe it's to replace McKinney and get cheaper. And Queen is a lot better cover. Maybe it's Zach Bond. If Zach Bond falls, that would be a pretty solid pick as well. But I like BMAC. He's one of my favorites. You know, he's a solid linebacker. He's one of the best run-stopping linebackers in the league. Now, I'm not going to be surprised if this happens, but it almost contradicts what Bill O'Brien, you know, says about rookies not having time to be ready in the season. You know, he said it himself that the season and offseason cut short and stuff like that. Um, they're not able to get on the field, not able to adjust, learn the system as quickly. So why would you trade your veteran for a rookie linebacker, if that is what it is? It doesn't go with what he's been doing. All of his trades have brought back players. So for him to trade away a player for only picks is kind of against his norm. And if you are going to go off of the cheaper part in trying to save money for future Watson and Tunsil deals, it's going to save you money in the long run. This coming year, it's actually going to cost us about $800,000 in dead cap. The following year, we'd save $7 million on the cap, and then the year after that, it's $9.5 million. So they would be saving money that way, but you're definitely going to hurt the run defense. Nobody's going to come in and, and step up as well in that aspect anyways. If they are going to do this and it isn't for a linebacker, your backups are Terrell Adams, who we just re-signed, so you know, maybe there was foreshadowing there, and Dylan Cole as replacements. Now, Adams did a good job last year for the, I think he started two games and played in th another one, the one BMAT got hurt in. Um, he did a decent job for him filling in, so you know, maybe that's what sparked this potential trade. You know, they saw Adams as as doing well and wanted that. I, I'm just not sure. But after all the excitement Bill has brought us so far, I fully expect there to be something crazy happening this week in the draft. Like I said, hopefully it's not trading away everything to move up to round one. I know a lot of people have us trading with San Francisco at 31 to pick somebody up, but that's going to cost us pick 40 and 90. And knowing Bill, probably next year's third round pick. Who knows? So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we do trade back from 40 if our guy's not there and pick up some more picks. And hopefully Bill O'Brien 
has us all fooled and has got it figured out and drafts well. Trying to be super hopeful. That's going to be it for the podcast today. Um, Like I said earlier, we may be getting together as a group going over our mock draft. So if we do that, I'll post that up on the site too. Um, I'm probably going to throw another short podcast out before the draft, uh, maybe even draft morning. Uh, One last mock draft and what I think is going to happen. Other than that, I'm going to be tweeting out live during the draft. So follow at Backroad Texans um, or at Branson Thomas and catch up on the latest stories there. Don't forget to give me a listen and share with all your Texan buddies uh, to listen as well. So have a great day. Stay safe out there and let's all go have some fun with this uh, new age NFL draft. Later. Go Texans. Texans.